Good morning. <clears throat> this is Steve Van Cura from Bread of Life Bible Study. Uh, we're continuing a series on the flesh. Uh, in the Bible, the flesh represents the sin nature that we inherit from Adam and Eve. The Bible says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. This is talking about the devil. That's that serpent that went into the garden um, long before Lucifer uh, had became a fallen angel, made his own decision. Remember, we said that the whole creation is all about choice, both uh, <clears throat> spiritual entities or creatures and physical creatures, uh, mankind down here on earth. Uh, God put a situation together where everybody has to choose who they're going to serve. Um, <clears throat> the command is that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and all thy strength. And the Bible says God is love. God wants a family. He, he being love, he wants a family. He wants to shower his love on his people. He wants a family. But uh, here's what's important to understand. Love requires a choice. Love requires a choice. Uh, God, you know, it, it could make a bunch of robots that just constantly tell God how great He is and bow down and worship Him and praise Him and all that kind of stuff. But um, that's not love. You know, that's just programming. You know what I mean? So, and God understands that uh, love requires a choice. A choice not under pressure. A choice out of the heart. That, that just to choose God. And it requires a choice. Okay? Um, so, uh, God put a situation together for everybody to make a choice, either to serve themselves or the devil or to serve God. And we've talked about that to, in quite a bit of detail in our previous lessons, okay? Now, when Adam and Eve did sin, they passed on their characteristics to their kids, which was a rebellious sin nature. We talked about that. That's what the flesh is, okay? Um, and the flesh represents the strength of a man in the natural, okay? But we've already talked about how uh, we cannot save ourselves. Uh, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Since the nature of flesh is corruption, evil, how in the world can by through your flesh uh, you do anything to please God? It's impossible. You can't, okay? Uh, you may want to obey God, but this sin nature uh, of the flesh is going to trip you up one way or another. I'm sure you've made New Year's resolutions or something like that. And you said, well, I'm never going to do this again. And then guess what? You do it again. Okay. Uh, a good chapter to read would be uh, chapter 7 of Romans. Chapter 7 of Romans. This is about uh, Paul's experience. Uh, after he was born again, he was saved. But when a person is born again or saved, he moves from the natural man to the carnal man on his way to become the spiritual man. Okay, it's a process. Okay, the natural man is the guy who's not been born again. He does not have the spirit of God in him. The Bible says, which of you can know the things of God except by the spirit of God? But it says the natural man, that's one born of Adam and Eve, just the regular human being, all right, uh, says the natural man understands not the things of God. He cannot know them because they are only spiritually 
discerned, okay? So, but once uh, by the Spirit of God, we're born of God, born of the Spirit. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. The way we got into this natural world was you are born here. But coming after, see, remember Jesus said, the things that are seen are temporary and are going to pass away. But the things that are unseen are eternal and stand forever in the heavens. Okay, so uh, that's the spirit realm. Now, this physical realm, it's going to pass away. You know, this Bible says that there's a new heaven and a new earth coming, all right, in which righteousness prevails or righteousness reigns and evil will never arise again. Now, just think about this for a second. God is a holy God. He's perfect, okay? Now, can you imagine God, the Creator, tolerating a corrupt, you know, universe out here, full of evil, full of fallen angels, full of devils, uh, you know, rebellious human beings? Can you imagine that God would tolerate that forever? No way, no way. But the whole purpose of this physical creation this temporary creation is for all creatures to make a choice. That's what Moses said. I place heaven and earth as a witness before you this day, that I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose life. All right. Uh, the devil, you know, made a choice. Uh, he was a perfect fall. He was a perfect angel at one time. In the book of Isaiah, it says that God says of him. Thou wast perfect until iniquity was found in you. Okay, but you know, uh, Lucifer, uh, he decided he wanted to run his own show. He wanted to be God or like God or whatever. You know, he didn't want to bow down to God. You know, so uh, he rebelled against God, and about one third of the angels followed him. And of course, that was the source of evil. That's it. Okay, and now uh, God. And these fallen angels and the devil are enemies, enemies, all right? The devil knows very well that God's plan is to make man in his likeness, to become his family, all right? So the devil is working overtime to corrupt and tempt and destroy mankind. Here's what Jesus said. The thief, talking about the devil, comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he said, but I am come that they might have life and have it abundantly. All right, so you and I were born with this sin nature. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The first birth is a physical birth. The second birth um, is a spiritual birth. All right, uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. All right, now, uh, so you and I, literally every day, uh, have to make a choice about whom you're, who am I going to serve? Who, you know, am I going to serve me? You know, or am I going to obey God's commands? And see, here's what's so important to understand. The Bible says um, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus said the flesh profiteth nothing. Okay. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Okay. And what is the flesh? Sin nature. Sin, sin, sin. All right? So uh, the, the f there's two aspects of our being. 
the flesh, where the sin dwells, and our spirit, okay? And the, um, it's the, the spirit man, once we're born again and Christ indwells us, we have to yield to the guiding uh, of the spirit of Christ in us. And this relationship, this new relationship with God, the new heart that he gives us, changes our motivation, okay? Uh, do you remember back at Mount Sinai, uh, God gave the law to Moses, all right? Moses had been up on the mountain, Mount Sinai, for 40 days and 40 nights. And uh, while he was up there, uh, the people, I guess, got tired of waiting for him. Uh, they had come out of Egypt where they had, uh, you know, the Egyptians had made their own gods. One of them was um, a golden calf, okay? And uh, so while Moses was up there, you remember when uh, the Hebrews left Egypt, God put it on the hearts of the Egyptians to give to the Hebrews all their silver and gold. So even out here in the wilderness, they had a bunch of silver and gold, and the Bible says that they cast a golden calf, and they begin to worship that calf, okay? And they even called it Yahweh, okay? That's the name of God, all right? Well, Moses uh, comes down off the mountain with the, with the tablets of stone on which the, the law, the Ten Commandments are put, and he comes down there, oh my God, these people are having a party, and, and uh, committee. Now, one of the ways that people used to worship pagan gods was with uh, sex orgies, okay? Well, that's what was going on, okay? Moses comes down, and he is furious, okay, that so quickly uh, God's people turn away from him, you know? And, and so he's, in his anger, he, he takes this tablet of stone with the uh, commandments on it, and he throws it down, and it breaks into who knows how many pieces, okay? And then a bunch of people suffer some consequences, actually death. 3,000 people that were involved with the pagan worship were died, killed, okay? And uh, this is when the Levites came to... Uh, uh, stand with Moses, and they eventually became the Levitical priesthood, okay, to serve God as mediators between God and man. All right, so, but anyway, um, what does this, remember I, we've said that every single thing in the natural always represents something spiritual. Well, what was, the, the Ten Commandments are written on tablets of stone, you ever hear if somebody has a stony heart? Okay. What does a person with a stony heart do? They break God's commandments. Okay. So when Moses threw down those commandments and busted them up, uh, it was a picture of something. That the people had, had said, you know, uh, that they were going to obey God, but they couldn't. Okay. Because they had this flesh, the sin nature. Okay. So they did not obey. All right. They broke God's commandments, and, and that stony heart, in a sense, um, you know, is represented by those commandments that Moses threw down, okay? Then God sends Moses back up the mountain, okay, for another 40 days and 40 nights, and he writes the law on a new set of tablets, all right, 
and it says he wrote the law with his own fingers, okay? Now, Moses comes down, and, you know, this is where we get the tablets, or get the Ten Commandments, which were later kept in the ark. Remember that story. Now, why did this happen twice, okay? Why does it happen twice? Because it represents the Old Testament and the New Testament. It represents two covenants. The first covenant was written uh, to mankind. Remember we said, what is the purpose of the law? The law came through Moses, but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. Okay? Um, and so when you're born the first time with that sin nature, you are just like that first trip down the mountain. You break the commandments and because that's the way you are built. And there's nothing else you can do. You do not have the power to obey God's commands. Okay? Uh, and in the New Testament, remember, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. What is grace? What is grace? Grace is God's power. Grace is God's power. Or you might say it's God's ability. All right? Now, remember, we said that there is justice, mercy, and grace. Justice is getting what you deserve. And remember what the penalty for sin is? Death. All right? And, and in a sense, um, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, they committed suicide. They died because of that sin. The soul that sins must die. But God wants a family. So why would he, in justice, wipe out the human race? Then he'd never get his family, okay? So he provides another avenue called mercy. Mercy. And, and that mercy is when God provides a substitute to pay, take the penalty for my sin, for your sin, so that I don't have to take the penalty. All right, does that make sense? Okay. That's what the last Adam, Jesus Christ, is all about. The first mad Adam was a living soul. The last mad man Adam is a life-giving spirit. All right? Remember, we talked about Jesus becoming the brazen serpent. All right? And when the people were snake bit in the wilderness and dying, as they looked to the cross, or they looked at that brazen serpent on the staff, they were healed of snake bite. Well, what's the snake bite? Sin, the sin nature, okay? The flesh. All right. So mercy is when God provides a substitute to take the penalty for your sin. And that's what Jesus is all about. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. All right. And, and so when we accept Jesus as our substitute all right, to pay the penalty for my sin, then God can wipe away my sin. Okay, uh, and then I can come back into, or come into, I should say, a personal, one-on-one -on -one relationship with God through Christ. Okay, uh, the law comes through Moses, but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. The purpose of the law is to show lawlessness. All right, it's so important to understand. Remember in the Garden of Eden. God always gives us an option to make a choice. So he, there's these two trees, you know, the tree of life and tree of death. Well, 
you know, the, the, the bad choice was to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which resulted in death, all right? And, and uh, uh, so, you know, we became sinners, all right? And that, but God, in his mercy, does, sends the last Adam in, another Adam, okay, who lived a perfect life and then died on the cross for our sins. Remember this guy, Barabbas, Barabbas, sons of the Father, Okay, so when Jesus went to the cross and died, all right, uh, Barabbas, which means sons of the Father, go free, even though he was a condemned criminal. See, Barabbas represents you and me, you and me. We are condemned criminals and we deserve to die. But you see, when Jesus on the cross takes the penalty for my sin, for your sin, then God can set us free and restore us into a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with him. Then the next step is grace. Grace, grace. What's that? We just said it's God's power. It, I call it God's ability. Grace is when, because remember, I, I don't have the ability to, to do what God wants me to do. It's not in me, okay? I can't, the flesh profiteth nothing. I, I, I can do nothing in my own strength, okay? Because I can't save myself, put it that way, okay? So God, he's the Savior. It is God that works within you, both to will and to do of his good purpose. That's the whole plan. You know, I can't save myself, but God literally lives in me to empower me and give me the ability to obey his commands and do what he wants me to do. That's grace. Grace is when God takes gives me his ability to replace my inability to be what he wants me to be and to do what he wants me to do. Let's say that again. Grace, that's God's power, is when he gives me his ability to replace my inability to be what he wants me to be and to do what he wants me to do. See, that's what it's talking about. He makes me an overcomer, but not by my own strength or might, but by his strength or might, all right? It is God that works within you to will and to do of his good purpose, all right? Uh, God is my strength. Of whom shall I be afraid, you know? Uh, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Who is he that overcomes? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He, Jesus is the overcomer. That's him, okay? But if he lives in me, he makes me an overcomer. That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All right? And, and that's the beauty of all this, okay? That it, that's why Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. That's from trying to be good, okay? Trying to keep the law. And he said, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Now, do you know what a, ro a yoke is? A yoke. You ever seen two oxen kind of hooked together with this sort of big wooden ring or something like that, and they're pulling a plow? Uh, they're yoked together, you might say, okay? But here's Jesus saying, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. 
in a sense, see, Jesus is my companion through life. You know, and when I'm yoked to him, he pulls the load. I just kind of go along for the ride. You know what I'm saying? That's why he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's light because I don't have to do it. It's not me providing all the power and energy and ability to do it. No, it's God's grace. It's God's grace. It's his ability. His ability in me to do, to replace my inability to do what he wants me to do and to be who he wants me to be. See? And, and, and so faith, faith, what's this? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is simply believing what God says. All right? That I am more than a conqueror and that I can do what he tells me to do. Because it's not by my strength or might. I just start, do you know, act on what he says and then the power will come. Okay? He, he's the ability, all right? But I still have to apply my, my will, okay? This is what uh, James is talking about when he said, faith without corresponding action or faith without works is no faith at all, okay? Now, I'm going to illustrate that with a couple of things, okay? Uh, one time there's a story about a, a, a crippled, crippled man, Okay, and he was crippled. Of course, these guys were hauling him around on, I guess, what we, we might call a litter uh, or something, you know, uh, a couple of poles with a sheet or something like that stretched between them. And the guy's laying on this litter, and there's a guy on both ends carrying him around, okay, because he can't walk, okay. But they heard about Jesus. They heard about Jesus had been healing the, the lame, uh, giving sight to the blind, and giving, uh, you know, hearing to the deaf. And, and the Bible says that, that there was this, Jesus was at a certain house. He was inside teaching, all right? And it's interesting, the Bible says in that story, it says there was a power to heal that was present, Okay. But it hadn't said anything yet about whether somebody got healed. All it said, that the power to heal was there. Okay, so, so Jesus was busy teaching in there. And these guys, they couldn't get in the door. The, the, the place was packed. Okay, So they, they were going around trying to, trying to get this guy in to see Jesus. But, you know, they couldn't get in. And one of the guys got an idea. He said, let's go up on the roof. And so they get up. On the roof, and at that time, you know, roofs were typically thatched branches of this and that, and uh, so you could kind of take them apart in a way, you know. So apparently they got above Jesus, and they kind of down through the cracks or something, saw where Jesus was, and they began to take the roof apart, okay, to make a hole in the roof and to lower their buddy down through that hole right in front of Jesus, okay. Now, and, of course, their desire, they, they want their buddy healed, all right? They want their buddy healed, and I, I know the guy on the, on the litter, he, he wanted to be healed. He, he talked to me, and you guys carry me over here, you know. But here's what's interesting. It's all, it already said there was power present to heal. Nobody got healed yet, okay? But Jesus looks up, and he sees this guy coming down. They're lowering him down in front of the man, all right? Now, here's what's interesting. 
The Bible says Jesus saw their faith. Now, wait a minute. Can you see something called faith? What, what, what do you mean faith? What's it look like? Okay. What did he see? Jesus saw the action that they were doing, the expectancy that Jesus could, could heal this guy. Okay. Faith always requires corresponding action. All right. Always, always. Okay. So there was action there. And that action is what Jesus was talking about. He saw their faith. This, what they were doing proved that they believed Jesus could, could heal them. Okay. And the scripture said there was power there, you know. And as they, they lowered this guy down, here's something very interesting. Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven you. Now there were some Pharisees present. Now you remember, curses come from disobedience. Blessings come from obedience. Sickness is a, it's one of the curses listed in Deuteronomy 28. So the man's sickness has something to do with his sin. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you. The Pharisees present just flipped their lids. Who but God can forgive sins? All right. But Jesus was setting them up. So they, they were just angry. But who are you to say you can forgive sin? Okay. But here's what Jesus said. He said to prove that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin, he commanded the man to stand up. In other words, sin was apparently, and the Pharisees knew this, sickness is one of the consequences of sin. Okay, The crippledness from some, somewhere or another uh, it's a consequence of disobedience from somebody. Okay, So Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you. And of course, the Pharisees flipped out. But then Jesus said, to prove, to show you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he commands the man to stand up. And my goodness, the man starts, remember we said, faith always requires action. Now, the man could have said, what are you talking about? Stand up. Man, can't you see? I don't even have any muscles. My bones are, my limbs are skinny and all that kind of stuff. You know, which meant that he didn't believe. All right. No. You know what he did? He started to stand up. And, and as he was struggling to stand up, guess what? Power came. Boom. All right. Because that's the way God works. All right. As we act on the word... God watches over his word to perform it. And so, boom, the man was healed and he stood up. All right? And that proved that Jesus had the ability, not the ability, I should say, the authority to forgive sin and to heal. You know, uh, and an amazing story. Amazing story. And so, I'm telling you, every single little story in the Bible has some very important spiritual lesson in it. Okay? Some lessons. All right? So read your scriptures. Read your Bibles. Every time you read, uh, ask God to open your, the eyes of your heart to understand, to receive the mysteries of the kingdom of God inside you. The word is living. It's a living word. And sown in your heart, it will reproduce the nature, the likeness, and character of God in you. Father God, I just ask you to bless your people here. 
open their eyes to see and their ears to hear and their minds to perceive and understand all the things you've prepared for them. And let them be strong in the power of the Lord and grow in the grace of God in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's see. That's three lessons. Uh, I'm going to do a fourth one here in a minute, so keep going. There's still a whole lot of material to cover. God bless you.